The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to stop wasting time and make a shift towards enhanced productivity? Welcome to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration, featuring your host, David B. Savage. In our program, we will show you how leaders and their organizations are using collaboration to innovate and move ahead of their competition. It's not just about customers or employees or the board. It's working together throughout your company and with your stakeholders. Now, here is David B. Savage. When you see a winning athlete raising that championship trophy, who did they collaborate with? How did collaboration get them to be a champion in their sport? Welcome everyone. Today's theme is collaboration and sport. I'm really thrilled that uh, my two very successful athletes, uh, friends, Martin Parnell and Tristan Chernov, will be joining us in today's radio show. This is really exciting stuff because Martin has, you may know him as the man that did 250 marathons in one year for the right to play for children. You may know Tristan as the man who just recently won a gold, a silver, and a bronze in the Rio Olympics. So let's get going. Before we get to Martin and Tristan, I just want to tell you a little bit of uh, some stories, giving some background with respect to uh, collaboration in sport. In my book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within the Culture of Collaboration, I provide 10 steps to collaboration. And a quote that I want to say as often as I can, and I hope you will remember, in collaboration, we are looking to break out of normal. That's right, break out of normal and break through to fresh and exciting insights and possibilities. You'll see with both Tristan and Martin, they have taken where they are and created something that is totally fantastic, totally fantastic with respect to the challenges that they had, the beliefs they have, the values they have as leaders, collaborators, and amazing sportsmen. So let's talk about it. Being a rock star in sports can get you rocked. Yeah. So in sports, you can get rocked. Well, the professional sports leagues find marketing a few select of their superstar athletes to be a great strategy to engage fans and sell tickets. These athletes will be the first to tell you they depend heavily on their team for success. Think of your favorite team sport. Think about come from behind victories, an exceptional display of athleticism. Whether you play or watch basketball, baseball, football, hockey, soccer, lacrosse, whatever it is, understand that winning is a team effort. 
very occasionally one athlete may control the play and take the ball or puck from one end of the court or field to the other and score. But most often, that athlete will be foiled. Those athletes become the targets of the other team and are the lonely ones in their own dressing rooms. Yeah, sitting by themselves in the dressing room. I score all the goals and you guys don't. Ha, ha, ha. Well, my son, Dan Savage, played all sorts of aggressive team sports in his youth. One of his hockey teammates was an excellent skater and liked to keep the puck for himself. He scored a lot. When summer came, the sport turned to lacrosse. That same teammate tried being the show. Yeah, being the show only once. On his very first shift in lacrosse, he was hit so hard by a player on the other team, he flew backward in the air. He learned his lesson from that moment on. He realized that passing, especially in lacrosse, is the best way to win. He and the team, including my son, went on to the provincial championships that year. He learned a great lesson. He was not only a better lacrosse player, but a better hockey player. He played as a team. He played his position. Now, play as you have practiced and know we win as a team. In your organization, play your position. Play as a team. Practice. Play as you practice and win as a team. Think about practicing. How often do we practice in business? We, we have meetings. How often do we actually practice our strategies, our negotiations, our communications, our leadership? Perfect practice makes perfect. Two things that are necessities of winning teams and sports are slow to become part of the winning formula for corporations. Practice how and how often. Do you and your team practice negotiations, meetings, conflict resolution, operations and simulations? In the past 20 years, our organizations have practiced safety drills, fire drills, CPR, that's cardiac pulmonary resuscitation, and working through emergency simulations. While we practice safety, we rarely practice any other equally important procedures, processes, or skills. The second thing that sport teaches us is that of the value to organizations, yet slow to be adopted, is coaching. Coaching and practicing go hand in hand. Coaching helps us see other perspectives, create new visual goals, and allow us to try out different ways of doing the same thing to see how the results may differ given different people and situations. At every level from the front line to the corner office, coaching and practicing greatly enhance our probability of making the best and developing and managing the best relationships. Or you can choose to be that solitary superstar at the top that repels those that you need to succeed. Think of the context of the lacrosse player being rocked off his feet by the other team by trying to win by himself. In the 21st century, we love the rock stars of music, politics, sports, entertainment. Now we have another visual of a rock star the guy flying backwards in the air after getting rocked. My friend Rod McKay, who's chair of the Heart and Stroke Foundation of Canada, advises, leadership is difficult. Leadership that depends heavily on collaboration is more difficult. 
So what is collaboration? We've talked about it. You know, this is, what, my 20th podcast on Voice America? Let's go back to that. When you Google collaboration, you get over 330,000, pardon me, 330 million results. That's million results. Seems that there's a lot of interest in learning about collaboration. But what is collaboration represented as? Well, we go back to the old school Merriam-Webster dictionary. It defines collaborate as to work with another person or group in order to achieve or do something. This could be the definition of a meeting or a football team. Pretty kind of flat. I prefer this definition. Collaboration is highly diversified teams working together inside and outside a company with the purchased purpose to create value by improving innovation, customer relationships, and efficiency while leveraging, yeah, leveraging technology for effective interactions in the virtual and physical space. Yeah, that's the um, Wikipedia definition. I think that's far more abundant, profound, full. So let's make a joint proclamation that we value collaboration as a powerful way of leading and learning. Collaboration isn't an act. It's the way we lead. It's the way we are. To collaborate isn't simply to work together. It's an organizational culture. That's why my book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration. That's right. Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible within a culture of collaboration. That's why I developed the world's first collaborative leadership and team development 360 assessment. Let's focus on the team. Let's focus on the we, how we are, how we work together, as opposed to the rock stars. Now, we'll feature the 360 assessment in next week's show and focus on the team and the way we work together. Not on the rock stars. We succeed together better by collaboration. So here we go. Here's an idea. Is this right for you? Success in sports always requires collaboration and collaboration over time. That's right. Success in sports always requires collaboration. Not sometimes or most often, but always and collaboration over time. Our guests today, Martin and Tristan, will have their experiences on our show. They'll share with us their lives, their commitments, their sports, their successes. Collaboration is a culture and the way we succeed over time. It's not an event. Not an event. Now, I'm a former board member of the uh, Heart and Stroke Foundation, and um, we encourage... um, research, we connect with people, we uh, uh, connect with health providers, we connect with those in need. And those in need are unborn babies all the way through to 100-year-olds. Their tagline is life. We don't want you to miss it. So, and check out uh, my one of my 2015 podcasts on Voice America on collaboration and heart and stroke. Now, just recently, I participated in the Heart and Stroke Foundation Ski for Heart at Lake Louise, Alberta, in Banff National Park, to raise awareness, raise money, and encourage healthy living. I had the great 
experience of snowshoeing for three hours in the Rockies with Alan Keller. Alan just returned from climbing the highest mountain in Antarctica. This summit was the last of the seven summits that Alan peaked. Climbing the highest peaks on each of the seven continents is a big deal. A very few of us successfully climb Everest. Far fewer, again, climb all seven summits. Alan told me that he needed to put together or join a team for every summit and that every climb demanded the complete commitment of every team member, not just the ones that make it to the top, but everyone that got you to the top. There are some amazing athletes that get so close to the peak of Everest, but out of their wisdom, their commitment to team, they don't make the final few hundred meters. It's a team success. You don't do it alone. And more important actually than reaching the summit is to get back down safely. There's a culture, a climbing culture sometimes, and it's getting far better now, but sometimes that climbing culture required us to summit. And then we'd get ourselves into trouble because we had nothing left to get us back down safely. So I want to um, provide a call to your future. Just close your eyes for a moment. Imagine yourself as a champion in 2020. You and your organization are celebrating a huge breakthrough. You've broken through to yes. Together, you have accomplished what no one had dreamed possible. You are elated. Hold that feeling. Now here's a call to action. Here's three steps. What is the possible you dream of unlocking? Yeah, write this down. What is the possible you dream of unlocking? Who are three people that have the expertise to help you? So what's the possible you dream of unlocking? Who are the three people that have the expertise to help you achieve that dream? And third, what will you do right now to start? What will you do right now to start? Now there's uh, lots of resources, videos, podcasts, articles, blogs at davidbsavage.com. And including, I encourage you to uh, work through, check out, download, and work through my 10 essential steps to collaboration. So what we'll do now, that's the setup. And now the next two segments, we're going to have these delightful opportunities to talk to Tristan and Martin. So we'll just take a break now. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. While creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network, seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. 
See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. I am so pleased to introduce my good friend and somebody I deeply admire, Tristan Chernov. Tristan is airport manager at the Canadian Rockies International Airport, and he's done that since December 2009. He's also president and CEO of Elevate Airports, Inc., he has international airport leadership and leadership internationally in sports and much more. Uh, in the past, he has worked to strengthen the business at MBJ Jamaica Airport, Aerodrome Airports in the Dominican Republic, NASA Airport in the Bahamas, Liverpool, Liverpool and Doncaster Sheffield Airports in the United Kingdom, and operational readiness and airport transfer at Paphos and Larnaca International Airport in Cyprus. Now, that's enough for a lot of people's career, but from 2006 to 2009, Tristan also represented Canada in paddle sport at the international level and has three national paddle sport gold medals. Between 2007 and 2009, world championships in Sydney, Australia and Prague, the Czech Republic. Tristan has earned two world gold medals, one silver and one bronze medal. In 2009, things shifted a bit for Tristan. And uh, notice the resilience as we talk to Tristan. But in 2009, Tristan was diagnosed with Charcot-Marie tooth disease, which is a degenerative disease of the peripheral nervous system. In his efforts to counteract the disease's impact, Tristan switched from competitive paddling to cycling, where he has become two times track world champion and won a gold, silver, and bronze medal at the 2016 Paralympics in Rio. Tristan is also Cranbrook, British Columbia's business person of the year for 2016, and he plans to continue chasing the pinnacle of athletic success in his current sporting passion, cycling. 
what I uh, what I'll add to that is uh, uh, Tristan and I participate, support, and volunteer for the Kootenai Rockies Grand Fondo that uh, my Sunrise Rotary Club hosts. Uh, it's a Grand Fondo in the Cranbrook Kimberley area of British Columbia, and Tristan actually hosted a cycling race on an international airport. I think it was a couple of years ago now, Tristan. So as we explore collaboration and sport today, welcome, Tristan, and hello. Well, thank you, David. It's great to be here talking with you this way in person. Of course, always even better, but uh, but great to share some moments with you. And I, I appreciate that, uh, that quite descriptive uh, introduction uh, very much. I, I was, my mind was reeling in, in memory as we were going through this thing. <laughs> Um, but um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here with you and your audience today. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm just delighted with uh, Voice America. We are actually uh, last analytics I got from our executive producer Camille Nash showed that we had uh, listeners in 31 countries. So uh, with you and Martin today, maybe it'll be 41 countries. <laughs> well, that'd be um, great. <laughs> and and one of the things I I. Uh, you know, love you so much for is your holistic approach to leadership, to business, and to sport, and your resilience. Like you've you've had some pretty big curves thrown your way, and you just seem to check it out, make some choice, commit, collaborate, and win. Well, nicely put. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah. Hopefully, well, me, we have time today to talk a little bit more about what that's been like for me. Yeah. yeah. So I've got some questions for you, and and uh, I want to start out with uh, probably the framework. What role does cycling play in your life today? Um, well, from from the outside looking in, it probably looks like cycling kind of is my entire life, <laughs> uh, because it, 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 I am um, I am all in at the moment. Um, but I would I would narrow that down to say cyclist cycling really provides a huge amount of happiness, stress relief. Um, and a lot of this comes from the fact that it fulfills uh, my own pursuit of excellence. It's where I'm driving to to, to chase excellence right now, um, and it's really where I'm able to focus most acutely on creating the best version of myself, which then I hope to to then roll over to all the other aspects of my life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, go ahead, Tristan. Yeah, was, I mean, I, I certainly have found that. Um, I personally always need challenge in my life. Um, in fact, even when I was diagnosed with uh, with my disease and started having losing the body that I was familiar with, um, it didn't take long before I looked at that as a gift, thinking, "Wow, you know, the, the the harder things are for me, as far as overcoming challenges, the more elated I am with the result of overcoming." So now I'm even deeper in challenge, so I'll get even deeper reward, and that has been the truth. And uh, I often think of one of my favorite quotes um, is actually, uh, if people who follow cycling will know the name of Greg Lamond, but something uh, right now, um, cycling is this constant challenge for me, and something that he said that always rings in my ear is, because uh, the challenge, of course, never fades. It doesn't ever get any easier. You just go faster. I think that's a wonderful quote. And, uh, yeah, so cycling um, provides this environment for acute and, and heightened uh, aspects of myself to be revealed and worked on. Um, kind of ev- everything uh, everything comes to the surface uh, uh, maybe in a more dramatic way in many sports uh, or, or environments where you're pushed to your absolute limits. And then uh, 
hopefully, for me, it provides an opportunity to, to learn more about myself. Yeah, this, uh, I just want to repeat that again, a bit of what you've just uh, incited us with, incited us with, uh, that is, the greater the challenge, the greater the commitment, and the greater the success. Uh, I'm thinking many of us, as we get older and our, our health is challenged, tend to give up stuff. With you, Tristan, it's actually the motivator to say, okay, got to get going. I got to make some changes, you know, and experience the new you. That's, yes, that's absolutely. And, and just to, to really, uh, I, know, I know I really focus on the fact that the harder it is to do, um, the greater the, like I said, the greater the reward by, at the end of the day by doing it. So um, we should really... You know, be, be happy to have these 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 challenges, but uh, you know, I think um, you know, as I was thinking about this answer, a couple other things popped into my mind about um, what it is for me and what those challenges really are about today. Because the challenges, of course, change as we meet our goals through that process, and um, I think what you've touched on is a bit of, of the mental toughness aspect, something that's ringing. Through my head these days, I was just at a training camp um, recently in California, and uh, Roger Friesen was was working with us in the evenings, and he is a um, amazing um, mental coach. Uh, particularly, uh, he is um, yeah, pretty world renowned in the the aspect of uh, mental training for performance, and. Um, I like his description of, of mental toughness, which is the ability to override human nature. Because you know, when our lizard braid comes in and we start to always, when things are challenging, we always go to the negative first. And um, I don't know what part of our survival instincts and background that is adopted from, but we, we, sense, we seem to always hear the self-doubt and the, the the unhelpful self-talk. So what he challenged us with that I'm really trying to do all the time when I'm training or competing is just paying attention really closely to the inner dialogue. And as soon as I hear myself saying something, I just have to ask. Well, it's only one question you have to remember to ask. Is this helpful? Um, and if you're constantly weighing every internal thought against that measure, is this helpful? Well, what I find is a lot of times, no, it's not. And then, of course, the hard part is how do you change that recording and change it to something uh, that is helpful. But uh, I'm still sort of caught in that area. At least I'm noticing all the time when it's not helpful and trying to replace it with a good recording of something that is. Yeah, it's uh, like mindfulness in uh, Olympic cycling, in a way, to take that pause and notice what's going on and then make a conscious choice. Yeah, exactly. What's been the biggest challenge in your cycling career, Tristan? This is twofold, really. I think the biggest challenge is being uh, being someone uh, into cycling later in life. I'm going to be 42 this year, and... Um, so my life's very full with family and work as well as cycling. So the biggest challenge is actually balancing those things and um, ensuring that I'm not neglecting any one area. Um, that's that's really the biggest overall challenge uh, and managing the time, um, which uh, really means ensuring that the time that's spent is the top quality time in all those areas. So again, I don't 
it's not so much a, a negative challenge; it's a good challenge because it forces me to make sure that when I'm with family, when I am with my family, because I do have to be away quite a bit, that it's really high quality time. And when I'm working, it's very productive. And when I'm training, because my training hours are very limited compared to many of my competitors, it's super high quality training. Um, so that's one area. And then I guess physically, my biggest challenge would have to be this past September at the Rio Paralympics in the road race when I was caught up in a crash very early in the race, I think only about seven kilometers in, and uh, ended up with a badly injured shoulder and lots of uh, lots of typical bruises and, and, and road rash and stuff. But uh, unfortunately, my front derailleur was broken on the bike. So there, there were many elements at play early in the race, and by the time I was back on the bike, the field was out of sight about three minutes ahead. So physically, this was my biggest challenge because um, I had to uh, control that self-dialogue <laughs> and stay positive so that I could have the physiology working right for me to, to have my best performance and and, uh, and try to work my way back into the field. And uh, it uh, played out that that was the one race I, I wasn't able to get on the podium, but I am mo- very happy. I, in reflection of that, uh, a lot of things post-crash went as well as they could, and I moved from last competitor so 67th up to uh, up to 15th by the time the race by the race was over and um learned a ton about uh, my ability to uh, override the uh, override human nature during that event for sure yeah that uh, you and I have talked about this previously that that's a huge uh, switch in talking about making the pause and is this helpful you know, uh, the reptilian brain of me and many would probably say, screw it, I'm done. I'm, I'm at the end, everybody's gone. You know, my shoulder's injured, my bike's not <laughs> rideable. And yet, you got back on and you came in 15th. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine the, the, the uh, faces on all of those, you know, uh, 55 people, uh, plus or minus, that you passed on your way back into the into the leadership, and and uh, that's such an amazing story of the mental focus and commitment that you're not giving up. Exactly, yeah. And um, in a dream world, would I have had it play out differently and not have the crash? Absolutely. But being given that 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 was the hand dealt on that day, I can walk away feeling like I did the very best that I was capable of with that hand. And like you said, there were were five of us uh, on the ground after the crash that that weren't weren't able to get back in right away. And um, I was the only one that did re-enter the race. So um, there was something different going on with with dialogue with with others, I'm sure. Um, And... uh, so that challenge I'll keep with me because so uh, uh, that's that's a great gift going forward. I know that even when it seems super uh, unlikely to uh, to get back into the place you want to be, whether it's in a race or anything else, uh, just stick to the process and uh, and push through. Yeah. Now, now the theme of today's show is collaboration in sport. Uh, did you do all this by yourself? Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. It's a very good <laughs> kind of a leading point. question. Yeah. So I mean, I'm surrounded, and I, I mean, that's a huge part of part of everything. All my choices are who I'm surrounding myself with. Um, in fact, David, that reminds me of a, uh, 
I was just recently interviewed on a whole, not relating to sport at all, but just on the business side of things. And someone asked me um, about lessons for uh, for other entrepreneurs, and I said, and it would be the same for cycling. You know, surround yourself with the best people who are giving you the most of what you're looking for, and you've got success whether your endeavor turns out the way you want it to or you go bankrupt. It doesn't matter because you've got the relationships around you and built relationships that are giving you what really matters in life. And it's been the same with cycling. I think my success has to do with the fact that uh, right from when I started cycling here in our community with incredibly supportive and positive people to be with, um, that translates over to incredibly incredible and experienced coaching staff. And uh, at any one of these events, uh, I might have six experts with me um, looking after everything from um, helping me through, on, like I said, mental coaches, uh, nutritionists, physiotherapists, uh, tactical coaching. Um, yeah, I, I'm just, uh, I'm kind of like the clay that these people are all working on together to try to get the product <laughs> the best it can, and I'm on board as well, but there, there's a lot of hands working to do that. Well, thank you, Tristan. Now, just in our uh, in our last minute, what's a key message that you'd like to leave our listeners with, or challenge our listeners to do? Um, well, I, I I think for especially for anyone out there that's used to setting a lot of goals, um, what I have learned is that um, the process is the most important thing. So. Um, I would challenge people to not set goals that are way out there, shiny, big result goals, but to set goals that are very process-focused, that are trackable in small increments. And, uh, and every time you review how things are going, um, always start by asking what went well or what is going well before you start to uh, pick apart what needs to be improved. Um, and um, you know, the, so I think that ties back to to that mental toughness piece about uh, don't don't go to the negative and uh, ask yourself is this helpful and if it's not uh, replace it with with something positive. Yeah, every every pedal stroke is a pedal stroke towards that gold medal. Uh, thank you so much, Tristan. I really appreciate. Uh, how how can people follow up and connect with you? Would you would you be prepared to give them an email address or a website that uh, people could follow up on in your amazing story? Um, you know, I've been meaning to put together diff- better uh, better forums for for being in touch with people, and I, I've just it's not to come to, down to my priority list enough to get its attention yet. So for now, I think the best way is probably email, which is elevateairports at gmail dot com, and. Um, if I'll share with you, David, if I do end up setting up uh, uh, another easier way for people to track uh, where my competitions are taking me, what's next, and how to get in touch, uh, I'll do that. But for now, yeah, email will be best. Thanks, Tristan Chernoff. This is, uh, you're an inspiration, you're a leader, and uh, you continue to inspire me. Thank you. Thank you for the time, David, and uh, thank you for listening, everyone. David B. Savage and his upcoming book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, delivers a proven process to make collaboration work for you and your company. 
while creating the conditions that promote innovation and breakthroughs within and across your business and network. Seize this opportunity to join a movement of progressive, principled, and successful leaders. Engage with David B. Savage on Breakthrough to Yes today. Bring him to speak to your organization and engage his executive coaching and business consulting. See much more at davidbsavage.com. Savage's book, Breakthrough to Yes, Unlocking the Possible Within a Culture of Collaboration, will be published worldwide in February 2016. His co-shared book, Ready, Aim, Excel, 52 Leadership Lessons, is an international business bestseller on Amazon. Contact us now for a free 30-minute conversation on how more collaborative leadership may benefit you by visiting davidbsavage.com. That's davidbsavage.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You are listening to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. To reach David B. Savage or his guest today, call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Dave at savagemanage.com. Now, back to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Our next guest is another great friend, inspiring athlete, sportsman, and leader, Martin Purnell. Martin is the author of Marathon Quest and Running to the Edge and speaks on having a finish-the-race attitude, overcoming, ob- pardon me, overcoming obstacles to achieve your full potential. Finish the race. Martin has written for or been covered by CNN, BBC, CBC, The Huffington Post, The Globe and Mail, The National Post, Runner's World, Men's Journal, Canadian Business, and Maclean's Magazine. He's well-known, respected. He speaks well, and he's, he's accomplished so much. And he's accomplished so much, not so much for himself, but for sport and sportsmen and children around the globe, not just Western Canada, but around the world. In a five-year period from 2010 to 2014, Martin completed 10 extreme endurance quests, including, now get this, he ran 250 marathons in one year. That's 250 marathons, not 5K races, but full marathons in one year. And he raised $1.3 million for the humanitarian organization Right to Play. Now, you can find out way more about Martin and get him to speak to you, connect with you at uh, Martin Parnell. That's M-A-R-T-I-N-P-A-R-N-E-L-L.com and uh, see what he can do for you in the long run. Today, we're exploring collaboration in sport. Welcome, Martin. Yeah, thank you, David. Great to be here. So, you're a runner and much more. Um, what does running mean to you? Well, I, I came to running pretty late. Um, in 2002, my uh, brother 
challenged me to a marathon. Um, I was 47 years old, and I basically hadn't run before. Um, you know, and my relationship with sports been a little bit love-hate. Uh, as a kid, I was known as a huggable child. Um, I think the politically correct term is fat. And so I really, you know, <laughs> didn't get picked by any, wasn't picked for any teams, um, you know, never, never really played any team sports at a higher level. But I love sport. Mum and dad uh, played tennis and badminton, and they would always take us out on the weekend doing stuff. But, it, you know, really never at any level. And as I say, it wasn't until uh, the age of 47 I started running. And, and to be honest, my, my running for me initially was a way of coping with a very uh, traumatic situation. Um, a year earlier, in late 2001, my wife, uh, Wendy, died of uh, liver cancer. And so for me, running was, uh, you know, a, a way of, of uh, you know, exercise and just, just sort of trying to cope with a very tough situation. Yeah, very tough. So, uh, you know, what's the biggest challenge you've ever faced? Well, you know, it, it, it sort of ties in again with, um, with a physical situation. Last, uh, in February 2015, I was diagnosed uh, with a clot on the brain. Um, I, I had traveled to Winnipeg. I was giving a keynote at a conference, and the night before, I was sick. I had terrible headaches, and the organizer took me to, um, to a hospital in Winnipeg, they did a CT scan and found a massive clot right across the top of my brain, and they put me into an induced coma for 24 hours. And so, you know, that was a situation that, um, and I've been in recovery since then for the, you know, for the last uh, almost two years. But, you know, thankfully I'm through it and I'm back running. Yeah, huge, huge challenges there, you know, with the death of Wendy, the meeting of uh, Sue, um, the blood clot. You know, earlier on this show, I talked about my involvement with the heart and stroke. And I'll just take a little bit of a health moment for our listeners is uh, heart and stroke has an acronym FAST. And oftentimes people suffering from stroke or heart, and I know it wasn't a stroke, but I, I just want to grab this opportunity, Martin. Uh, people suffering often from most diseases or emergencies don't know or they resist the thought that they might actually be in real trouble. So FAST is, and talking about stroke, is face. Is your face drooping? Most often on the left side. Do you have trouble moving your arms over your head? Do you have trouble speaking? So F-A-S, and then the T is time. Getting attention is critical. Getting attention, so it's if you want to run your marathon, um, you just you gotta respond, read and react immediately, as they would say in football. Read and react, you know, deal with it. Don't resist. Don't sit back. Our friend Martin has uh, had some real challenges earlier on our podcast. We talked to Tristan about his challenges and turning those into Olympic victories. So, Martin. Let's get back to your key message. Tell, tell us more about your finish the race attitude and, and what you bring. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's to me over the last, gosh, over the last 12, 13 years, really, ever since I started running, um, I've been on a bit of a journey. I'm a, uh, my background is as a mining engineer. Uh, I worked all over Canada for 25 years in um, BC, up in the territories, and in Ontario and Sudbury. 
And, and then, as I say, my life changed when Wendy, you know, when Wendy died and I got into running. And I found that you know, running was an outlet. And, and, and for me, initially, it was about, uh, about times. I, I found I liked it, was, you know, finally found something I could do. And I ended up qualifying for Boston. And I've run three Boston marathons. Um, you know, I found it was a way of you know, pushing myself physically, which I'd never really done before. I ended up getting into triathlon, doing uh, three Ironman triathlons, and then into ultra running. And this was running races of 100K and uh, up to 100 miles. So here I am in my late 40s, early 50s, really, you know, really pushing, <laughs> pushing my body. And, and uh, you know, as the finish the race attitude, you're looking, looking at ways of doing things I'd never done before. And, and that led me to a bike trip across Africa. And I spent four months cycling from Cairo to Cape Town, uh, but the revelation there was uh, along the way I did sports with children and I played table tennis and soccer and running with the kids and I saw the power of sport and that really led me to Right to Play. The children's charity, they help uh, over a million children around the world through play-based programs and teaching them life skills. And so definitely a journey, uh, David, with the, with the sport and, and using sport from my perspective for greater good uh you know for some reason i'm very good at doing long boring things i don't know i can just keep going and going and so i've used that uh for fundraising to to help the kids and also you know quite frankly you know when i was diagnosed with this clot on the brain i was released from hospital after two weeks and as i was leaving the specialist said martin you could have died twice so that sort of you know that got my attention and he said the first time was from the clot. If they hadn't caught it um, within the within um, you know five more days, I would have been dead. And that ties into your FAST acronym. Um, this the, the clot was actually a rare form of stroke, so they caught it in time. So that was that was a huge huge thing. But he said the second way I could have died is um, from from a massive organ failure. But he said because I was relatively fit from the running, um, my my heart and my kidneys was strong enough that it got me through a very difficult time. And it made me realize that, you know, running and fitness is the best life insurance you can have. And so, you know, we talk about a finish the race attitude. Well, obviously, the big race is life. And so, you know, whether we're taking on projects or it's business or personal, you know, to get it done, to get it finished is really what we're looking to do. Yeah, it's it's like an old rock song about uh, it's better to uh, burn out than rust, something like that. Uh, Those of us in the second 50 years of our life, uh, Martin's message is just critical. You know, we can live far longer if we are fit and healthy and and living on purpose and not living in front of TV. Exactly, David, exactly. So, so actually, I want to bring in something that another amazing thing that you did just a few months ago. Uh, could you tell our listeners about your trip? Uh, and there will be a book and a documentary, I, I hope, coming from your Perhaps. trip. To go ahead. Yeah, absolutely, David. Yeah, it was. Well, it, you know, this this this. It's funny how things are linked. So, back in October of 2015, I was uh, in recovery from the clot on the brain. I was at home, but I was feeling pretty sorry for myself. Um, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't run much. I, in fact, I just started walking again. I'd been told to take it easy, uh, not to push it. And so, I, in fact, in October of last year, I just kind of just started to do a K here. And I was, I was at my computer, and my wife, Wendy, sent me a link to the uh, Guardian newspaper. And there was a story about the first ever marathon of Afghanistan. 
And the essence of the story was um, a group of international runners had gone over to a town called Bamiyan, just uh, 180K northwest of Kabul, and they had run with a total of 70 runners. Uh, the rest were um, Afghan, wom- um, Afghan men except for one Afghan woman. Uh, her name was Zanab, and she became the first ever Afghan woman to run a marathon. But what struck me about the story was, um, you know, for us, you know, for runners, the challenges are hydration, nutrition, pacing, and so on. For her, the challenges were verbal and physical abuse while she's training. People would call her prostitutes. They'd throw stones at her to stop her training. In fact, in the end, she went back into her garden and ran around this walled garden for training. And so I'll be honest, I read that story and I said, Martin, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get your butt in gear. And I signed up for the 2016 uh, Marathon Afghanistan, which was held on November the 4th uh, last year. And I went over to Afghanistan for an amazing trip. And how many women raced? So in the second one, we had, um, there were five international um, runners, but this time there were five Afghan women. So the first race in 2015, there was one. This year there was five. But what really blew me away was there was also a 10K race um, with the marathon, and there was 150 runners, but over 100 of those runners were girls, girls who ran the 10K. And this is huge uh, in that country. And there's a group called Free to Run. They're a charity, and they uh, encourage, enable girls and women to, to run and to do these long races uh, in countries like Afghanistan and Pakistan and Iran. So this was, you know, my knowledge of Afghanistan was strictly from the news, all the terror bombings and all the bad news. But then it's like a lot of things. When you really dig into it, um, there was a there was a beam there's a there's a, a flicker of light over there and it was as I say the, the the trip and running with these women and supporting them was an absolute highlight. Fantastic, inspiring, and uh, I guess before we go, Martin Parnell, what's one thing that you would challenge our listeners to do, be, change, or be aware of? Yeah, it it sort of come has come down to this for me. Um, you know, in life, you don't have to do a lot, but you've got to do something. So, so you know, look at a way to give back. Uh, and it obviously doesn't have to be about sport. Uh, from my perspective, obviously, you know, it can be. You know, maybe run a 5K, do your first 5K, or if it's music or art. But look at a way of, of doing something positive, of giving back. You know, let's build, let's build a bridge and not walls here. And so... Uh, I, at the end of last year, I had my eighth annual um, uh, run walk in Cochrane, and it was in support of a, it was in support of a girls' school in Afghanistan um, to rebuild a volleyball court. And we had 120 runners come out, and some had never run walked, you know, never been part of something like this. And in total, we raised over seven thousand dollars. So that's all I'm asking: do something. Make 2017 yeah. the year that you make a difference. Thank you so much, Martin Parnell. Uh, Finish the race attitude, overcoming obstacles to achieve your full potential. Martin, thank you. Great. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure. Now, listeners, I just want to close this show with something that's just been consistent through the conversations of Martin and Tristan. 
you know, Martin talks about overcoming obstacles to achieve your full potential. Tristan talked about basically overcoming obstacles to achieve your best potential. And Tristan also talked about, you know, each step in the process. It's a process. It's not, I want to be a gold medalist. It is, I got a cycle today. Even though it's cold outside, I'm going to get on my bike. Martin's talked about just do something. Take a step. Take another step. Push that pedal. Be out there. Save your lives. Saves our lives. For everybody running a marathon, there's many more. Timers, nutritionists, physiotherapists. Sport and collaboration has been our theme today. We've had Martin Parnell and Tristan Chernov, incredible athletes, incredible men, incredible leaders. We've talked about sports, working together, seven summits, heart and stroke, cycling, marathons, leadership, and collaboration. In collaboration, we're looking to break out of normal and break through to fresh and exciting insights and possibilities. Think about those three questions I gave you earlier. Work on them. Number one, what's the possible you dream of unlocking? Number two, who are the three people that have the expertise to help you out? Three, what will you do right now to start? Your first step before you run that marathon. Now, let's work together better. Talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in this week to Breakthrough to Yes with Collaboration. Your host, David B. Savage, invites you to join us again for another engaging episode next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a breakthrough week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.